Just a note before I get started, this episode has some Jeffrey Dahmer vibes about it, as you could probably tell from the title. It's only a short part of the episode, and I'll only ever give as much detail as is appropriate, but I don't want to skip out on things that would take away from the story. So if you're squeamish, I'd recommend either giving this one a miss, or at least proceeding with caution. I'd never heard of this case until about a week ago, as I was surfing Wikipedia looking for intriguing and lesser-known cases. This one caught my eye right away, and it's quite a wild ride. I'm your host, Natalie, and this is Talk Murder With Me, Episode 12, Anthony Morley, Mr. Gay UK, to Cannibal Chef. For this episode, we're heading to the UK, which I'm pretty excited about. You probably wouldn't have guessed it given my accent, but I was actually born and raised here in the United Kingdom. Well, actually Scotland, to be more precise. My accent is a result of having American parents and growing up in an area where people do not have particularly strong Scottish accents. I can, however, do a pretty good English accent on demand if required. But anyway, enough about me. According to their website, Mr. Gay UK is a British annual beauty contest for gay men, with regional heats held in gay nightclubs with a grand final usually at a gay venue. It does not appear that there has been a Mr. Gay contest since 2013. If you look at past winners on mrgayuk.co.uk, you'll notice that the winners they list only go back as far as 1994. There was, however, a contest in 1993, and the winner was a man named Anthony Morley. There is almost no information that I could find out there about Anthony Morley's early life. He was born in Doncaster in South Yorkshire, England, in 1972. Throughout his life, Anthony struggled with his sexual identity. The details are fuzzy on this, but as a teenager, I believe he was 17, Antony has said that he was groomed and raped by an older man. Traumatized and deeply conflicted, this left him unable to figure out whether he was gay, straight, or bisexual. To some, this may not have been particularly concerning. However, it caused Antony a lot of inner anguish, leaving him deeply conflicted. Antony had relationships with both men and women, not just flings, but serious relationships which lasted several years. As an adult, his confusion over his sexuality turned to anger, which would result in violent outbursts. He also drank heavily, which only made these outbursts worse. It was in 1993, as I mentioned earlier, that 20-year-old Antony entered the Mr. Gay UK contest at the Ritzy, a nightclub in Doncaster that has since closed. He won the heats there and went on to the grand final at the Flamingo Club in Blackpool. He was crowned Mr. Gay UK, winning £1,000 and a trip to the Spanish island of Gran Canaria. Despite the name of the contest he just won, literally being called Mr. Gay UK, Antony claimed he was not gay and had a steady girlfriend at the time. The not-gay Mr. Gay moved to London after winning the contest. He appeared on stage at London's Pride, was the guest of honor at many LGBT fundraising events, and officiated at special club nights. He also found some modeling work in the city. It sounded as though life was pretty good for Antony at this point. In 1996, he appeared on the late-night dating game show, God's Gift, 
derived from the phrase, God's gift to women, or men in this case. The show was hosted by TV presenter and media personality Davina McCall, airing during the prime viewing hours of sometime after midnight and before 4 a.m. on a Thursday. The show involved five male contestants competing with each other to win the affections and votes of a female audience by participating in a series of games designed to test their sex appeal, like performing a striptease. Whoever got the most votes from the audience members won. The winner got to choose a member of the audience to take out on a date. Antony appeared in one of the show's gay specials. The show was a national embarrassment, not only because it was cringy as hell, but it was narrated by two huge media personalities and notorious pedophiles, Stuart Hall and the one and only Jimmy Savile. Savile, who died in 2011, is best known for presenting BBC's music chart television show, Top of the Pops, from 1964 to 1984, and BBC's Jim will Fix It, from 1975 to 1994. Nowadays, he is better known for sexually abusing hundreds of children and vulnerable people in dozens of hospitals across the UK, as well as on BBC property throughout his entire career. Just a side note, the excellent British true crime podcast, Red Handed, did a full-on deep dive into the life and crimes of Jimmy Savile. It's absolutely mind-blowing what Savile and other high-profile media figures employed by the BBC, like Stuart Hall, got away with for so long. It's by no means an easy listen, but I highly recommend it if you want an expertly presented and extensively researched rundown into Britain's most prolific pedophile. I'll put a link to these episodes in the show notes. So, the game show God's Gift went on for two seasons, which is impressive when you consider how terrible it was. It was on from January 1996 to April 1998. Anthony Morley was announced the winner on his episode of God's Gift and got to choose a lucky man from the audience to go on a date with. In the audience, though not picked by Anthony for a date, was a man named Damien Oldfield. Neither Anthony nor Damien knew it at the time, but the two would meet again many years later with horrific consequences. At some point, after winning God's Gift, feeling as though his fame from winning Mr. Gay UK was wearing off, Antony left London and moved to Leeds, not far from where he grew up in Doncaster. Once in Leeds, he enrolled in a training course to become a chef. He turned out to be highly skilled in the culinary arts and landed several jobs at high-end restaurants around the city. He eventually rose to the level of sous-chef, specializing in seafood. While it sounded like Antony was doing well, I don't believe he was particularly happy. Actually, it doesn't seem as though Antony was ever a very joyful person, for the reasons I mentioned earlier, being groomed and raped as a teenager by an older man, and the inner turmoil this left him with. It's not clear whether he ever received any professional help for dealing with his trauma. His coping mechanism of drinking himself into oblivion made him a miserable and angry person. 
It's unclear when this event took place, but one time while very drunk, Antony went after his boyfriend at the time, Sean Wood, with a meat cleaver after the two had an argument over money. Sean was not hurt during this incident. He said that Antony was so drunk he fell backwards and was unable to get him with the meat cleaver. An ambulance was still called, however. After trashing his own bedroom, Antony began threatening paramedics with an air rifle. Antony and Sean were actually together for five years, but I believe the meat cleaver incident brought a swift end to their relationship. Fast forward to 2008. Now 35-year-old Antony was living in Leeds and enjoying the gay nightlife scene. It was on a night out that Antony met 33-year-old Damien Oldfield, who had not only been in the audience when Antony was a contestant on God's Gift back in 1996, but Damien had also been a contestant on the show later that year. Here is a clip from when Damien was on God's Gift, when he first comes on stage. This episode is narrated by Stuart Hall, and his voice gave me the creeps, so brace yourself. They're here, and they're gagging to meet you. Let's meet contestant number one! And he is Damien Oldfield. He's 21 years old. And he runs a big telephone business in Leeds. He's 5 foot 10. He's there in sort of supplication. But he's noisier than that, I'll tell you. He's a Libran. He oh. weighs everything in his scales. When's your birthday? September 23rd. Oh, I'm a Libran as well. Librans oh. get on very, very well together. Oh, well, the We're fab. We're the best. <laughs> now, Damien, are you up for having a good time tonight? Oh, yeah. Bit nervous? Always am. I'm mad. He is mad. He is mad. I've met Damien before. He's a complete nutter. Have a good time. I will do. Take your seat, please. First up is number one, Damien in Builder's Break. Come on, Damien! Oh, oh, he's calling the applause. In 2008, Damien was living in Leeds and worked for the gay lifestyle magazine, Bent, selling advertising. Antony and Damien were not in a relationship, but enjoyed spending time together. On April 23rd, they exchanged text messages during the day, in which they arranged to meet up that evening. In these messages, Antony told Damien he wanted to take things slow. It was at 2.30 a.m. the following day, April 24th, that a distressed-looking Antony Morley rushed into a nearby kebab shop, demanding that somebody call the police. He was dressed in slippers and a white dressing gown, which was covered in blood. When police arrived at Antony's flat, they found Damien Oldfield lying dead on the bed. He was completely naked and his throat had been slit. There was blood splattered all over the room. As crime scene investigators processed the scene, they made a particularly horrifying discovery on a cutting board in Antony's kitchen. Antony was arrested that day and charged with the murder of Damien Oldfield. He pleaded not guilty. At his trial, which began in early October 2008, Antony told the court his version of events from the night Damien was murdered. However, he claimed that he couldn't remember killing Damien, nor could he remember anything that happened after he died. He hoped to escape the murder conviction on the grounds of provocation or diminished responsibility. Antony's account went like this. The evening of the 23rd, he and Damien met up in the city and then went back to Antony's flat in Hare Hills. 
Antony cooked a meal of seafood for the two of them. They then went upstairs to Antony's bedroom, where they got into bed and cuddled while watching the movie Brokeback Mountain. The two of them fell asleep, and Antony woke in the early hours of the 24th to find Damien performing a sexual act on him. He described feeling violated and betrayed, given that he had just told Damien that he wanted to take things slow. While Antony said he couldn't remember anything after that, it was not difficult for detectives to piece together what happened. Antony got out of bed, walked to the kitchen, and picked up two knives. He returned to the bedroom with the knives, and in a vicious, brutal attack, he slit Damien's throat and then proceeded to stab him more than 30 times. The autopsy would show that he sustained several of these stab wounds post-mortem. There were also sections of flesh missing from his thigh and chest, including his nipple. Over the wound on Damien's chest, Antony had placed his Lloyd's TSB bank card. There was no explanation that I could find for why he did this. Now, Antony having to get up, go to the kitchen, and retrieve the knives strongly suggests that he knew what he was doing. It was not a spur-of-the-moment attack that happened as a result of him waking up to find Damien violating him. That doesn't mean that Damien did not assault Antony as he slept, although we'll never know for sure as we only have Antony's side of the story. It does, however, mean that Antony had to go through the thought process of deciding he was going to kill Damien and how he would do it. The overkill of stabbing Damien more than 30 times points towards Antony being overcome with rage so intense that he lost control. While this could be a response to feeling betrayed and violated, I think it's also to do with Antony's conflicting feelings over his sexuality becoming too much for him to bear, and he snapped. It seems as though Antony resented that he had feelings for men, and perhaps Damien symbolized those feelings for him. A crime scene investigator told the jury that in Antony's kitchen, there was a blue cutting board with six pieces of what turned out to be human flesh on it. There had been an attempt to fry the flesh in olive oil and season it with herbs. It was raw in the middle and brown around the edges. Next to the cutting board lay a meat cleaver. The pieces of flesh were forensically tested, and at least one was found to have Antony's saliva on it. It looked as though he had attempted to chew it and then spat it out. In Antony's defense, Professor Nigel Eastman, a forensic psychiatrist, told the court that Antony could have suffered flashbacks to being raped as a teenager. The professor said that Antony was likely to have been in a dissociative state during the alleged attack, which would back up his claim that he had no memory of it taking place. There's an assault, there are flashbacks, and that makes dissociation likely during the killing, Professor Eastman said. Prosecutor Andrew Stubbs, QC, meaning Queen's Counsel for non-UK listeners, described the murder as terrible, horrific, and bizarre. He said that Antony killed Damien because he could not deal with his homosexuality when he was drunk. It was a killing born out of hatred for what he felt and what had happened to him, hatred for his own sexuality and now for the homosexual who was in his bed, Stubbs asserted. 
The trial, which lasted two weeks, came to an end on October 17, 2008. The jury took just two hours and 20 minutes to find Antony Morley guilty of murder. After the verdict, Damien's mother, Denise, said in a statement, We shared a special bond, which I can still feel, but now I'm only left with memories, and that's not good enough. Damien loved life, and he has had that taken away from him in the cruelest of circumstances. At the sentencing hearing the following Monday, which took place at Leeds Crown Court, Judge James Stewart described the murder as one of the most gruesome he had ever encountered. He said to Antony, Not only did you murder your victim by cutting his throat and stabbing him, but you cut him up, cooked him, and ate a part of him. He added, Before this case, I had associated cannibalism with eras long gone, with the tale of Robinson Crusoe, no longer. He noted that throughout the two-week trial, Antony had shown no remorse for his actions. Judge Stewart described Damien as being outwardly gay and proud of it, someone who enjoyed life to the full and had a loving family and many friends. Antony Morley was sentenced to life in prison with a minimum of 30 years. He will be eligible for parole for the first time in 2038, when he is 66 years old. Thank you for listening to this episode. This one was a little shorter than most of my episodes of late, because surprisingly, there just wasn't a whole lot of information out there about this case. A lot of the articles that I did find were also quite vague, but I hope you still enjoyed it. Please give me a 5-star review on iTunes and subscribe wherever you're listening now. To those who have already done these things, you're the best. I've been blown away by the support I've gotten and I can't wait to see what the future holds. If you'd like to take your support further, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com talkmurder. The links to my social media accounts are in the show notes. You can follow me on Instagram to see photos from each case. If you'd like to get in touch, please email me at talkmurderwithme at gmail.com. Until next time, friends.